Hi, Karen Swain here, teacher of deliberate creation, host of Accentuate the Positive Media, co-host of the High Self Expo at the moment. Oh, look, you know, I've got many labels. But the reason I am doing this chat today was I wanted to address a couple of things that have been uh, that have been talked about on my shows recently and in my inner sanctum. So I'm going to use language that is not the exact name of the elements that we're experiencing at the time because I um, don't want censorship on any platforms. So I hope you understand what I'm going to say as I use different language to what the names of things are called. <clears throat> anyway, so, so here goes. So recently Garnet Schulhauser was on the show and uh, we were talking about the current health crisis that's happening in our world and the current um, allopathic solution to this health crisis. These are the names I'm going to use. And he had a different perspective to what many people in the conscious community were talking about. When I say he, he said that his spirit guide had told him that the health crisis will be alleviated by the allopathic remedy that is being offered en masse to humanity. And many people were quite upset about that, thinking, no, this can't be right. This can't be right. Look, there are, there are many, probably the majority of the world are, is in alignment with what's on offer, thinking, yes, this is the solution to the current crisis. I'm going for it. But then there are many people in a conscious community, I call it conscious community, who do their research and look at alternative uh, sources of information that is what's being pumped out through the mainstream sources of information and make different decisions and they're not in alignment with the current allopathic solution being offered. <clears throat> and they can't believe that it's being said through a spiritual channel that this is the way to go. So I asked my guides about this and this is what they said. They said, Karen, you have to remember that you are the creators of your own reality and what you believe you will create in your world. They said there is no right and wrong from spiritual perspective. There is only choice, decision and choice of decision and then alignment with that choice of decision. So they said to me, for those who are in alignment with the health solution being offered by big pharma and being pumped out through mainstream media they're uh, engaging in this in alignment will not have adverse effects because this is how we create our reality but for those not in alignment with this solution if they engage in this solution they will not have um, good effects they will have adverse effects basically um, they said a lot about it, but they, they gave me a, an analogy. They said, think about the Ganga River, the Ganges River. To the Indians, it is a holy, sacred river, and they revere her, her being the Ganga, the Ganges River. <clears throat> 
and they bathe in her with their rituals and they feel washed of their sins and they ask for health and they ask for prosperity and for the most part most Indians many Indians millions of them who do who bathe in the Ganga River with reverence and ceremony have a good effect from this experience from this physical experience but when science when western science or maybe eastern science has measured the pollution of the Ganga River they have found out that it is one of the most polluted rivers in the world, toxic to most life, including human life, even to bathe in it. So why are millions of Indians not getting sick from doing their sacred rituals in the Ganga River? Because of their belief, because of their uh, attention to the divinity within the river. And they said, this is how you create your reality. This, you have to remember that this world is a world of illusion of your creation and that what you are in alignment with, vibrationally speaking, you will create. And everyone has the free will to don a different perspective and therefore create their reality from that perspective. So my guides have never said to me, there is a right and wrong way to go in this world. They say you always have choice. You have choice, you have choice, you have choice. They just give, they just give me this choice. And when I say, well, I'm not in alignment with the current allopathic remedy that's being offered. I'm more in alignment with us coming into our uh, realization of the powers within we have to create anything in our world, whether that be our health or anything that we want in our world. And for me, that's important to communicate that. And so I wouldn't partake in the solution being offered because I'm not in alignment with it. And they said, that's your choice. <laughs> I'm like, thank you. <laughs> thank you. And of course, other people that make other choices, that's their choice also. And then there is this, but how do you reconcile that people that do take the remedy and then they die afterwards, which is something I discussed uh, in the inner sanctum with Garnet and uh, Garnet said that we have to remember, and my guides would say the same thing, that all death is a choice from the soul's perspective when you're going to exit the matrix we extend our consciousness into this reality and when we're done, we extract it, we take it back and it rejoins our soul because it's really just a part, an aspect of our soul that is incarnate in this physical time-space reality at this time, no matter what's going on. And when we're finished experiencing it, we will return to source or return to the greater part of us. And um, that all death, be it an accident, and this is what Garnet reminded us too, be it an accident or dying from a deadly disease or dying from an injection is wanted. It's an exit point that has been taken by the person, that the choice has been made and that's the way they've chosen to exit the matrix. <clears throat> and we have to remember that that is their choice from their soul's perspective from our human perspective, we get so upset about death and, oh, you know, they died, they died. It's terrible, it's terrible. <laughs> but we have to remember from the soul's perspective that this lifetime is a speck in the infinite 
play of the cosmos available to us as souls incarnating into form. And it's just one chapter in an endless book of stories that we live and that there is no, there is no loss from spirit's perspective. Uh, there is never loss. Uh, and that's what we get so upset about as humans. We feel like we've lost something or someone we love. And that feeling of loss is so devastating to us. But my guides or the guides or spirit wants to remind us that in truth, there is never any loss. That there is just, there is only we, from the human perspective, communication with the aspect of soul that you knew as the person in a new form. And that um, from your spiritual perspective, you are always together anyway. So from the human perspective, we look like we're apart and separate, <laughs> both in physical clumps and when someone dies. And when you return to spirit, you realize that you've never really left spirit. You've just extended an aspect of yourself into form. And from your true perspective, you're always one. You're always together with those whom we love, whom we have relationships with here on earth. So they talk about the way we create our reality. They say, uh, how can someone, you know, if, if we ask, how can someone ingest a poison and have a a good effect from this poison? This is a question that I asked them about the current allopathic remedy that's on offer, right? I deem it, personally me, I deem it as a poison that is um, not really benefiting the health of the physical form, having studied health and anatomy and physiology and looked into the subject of what's been on offer globally for over 30 years. How can we have a good effect from a poison? And my guides laughed and they said to me, well, you humans ingest poison all the time and you celebrate the fact that you ingest poison. They said, think of a time when smoking was fashionable. You look at movies in the 40s and the 50s and even in the 60s and everyone is smoking and you celebrated this as being, you know, something wanted, something fashionable. Yes, you could say that a lot of people got sick and we saw the error of our ways and we started to cut down smoking, but I still know people. My grandfather, for instance, is not alive now, but he started smoking at 12 and he finished smoking at around 100 when he died. <laughs> he smoked all his life. Uh, why did he not die before of smoking-related uh, incidents? At the time that he started smoking at 12, can you believe it? He didn't deem it as bad in any way. And he continued to smoke up until the day he died. I don't think he was 100. I think he was about 98, 99. I can't remember. He died a long time ago. Uh, yeah, still smoking. And, um, yeah, he didn't deem it as bad. So I, it did have, you know, it did have some effects on his health, I'm sure. He was never really a very healthy person from the time I remember him as a kid. He was overweight. Uh, I don't remember him coughing. I remember him smoking and he used to give, he used to hide lollies in his pockets. And every time he came over, we'd go, oh, hi, grandpa. And he'd go, I've got a surprise for you. And he'd, he'd bring out all these lollies. And we just thought that was fabulous. I remember him as a jolly fat man with no hair. He was um, in both world wars. He was buried alive in the second world war, I think it was. And when they dug him out, a bomb went off. And when they dug him out, he uh, was in a coma in hospital for a long time. And during the coma, he just lost every stick of hair on his body, everything. And as a kid, I used to look up his nostrils and say, is there any hair up there? 
because he just had no hair, no eyebrows, nothing, a couple of little spindly, little tiny fine ones on his head. Anyway, he was a funny character. But he's that's just saying like we also celebrate alcohol, one of the most toxic poisons. It, it crosses the blood-brain barrier, goes straight into our brain and kills brain cells. And yet we drink it by the gallon, you know, and we celebrate it as a ritual. There was a time in my 30s when I was an energy healer and I was a smoker and a drinker and I decided that my smoking and drinking was probably not really helping me trying to channel healing energy into people's bodies. So I gave both of them up cold turkey. And boy, was that eye-opening. Not the giving up the smoking so much, but giving up alcohol. I had girlfriends that didn't want to be my friends anymore because I, I couldn't go drinking with them. It was almost like I was insulting them because I didn't want to drink anymore. It's not like I had a medical condition where I had to drink or a problem with alcohol. I just decided I just wanted to stop ingesting this toxin that was probably not really helping me channel subtle energy. And um, I did that for about five years. I don't say that I'm not a drinker anymore because if I feel like a drink, I'll have a drink. But we, I just looked at how often and how much alcohol we ingest as a human race. And it was astounding to me. It wasn't until I stopped that I could see it. It was so eye-opening. And it's one of the most toxic things we can drink. Tea and coffee is the same. I still love my tea. I try and cut down. Uh, but we deem these things as wanted and ritual and our beliefs are more powerful than the poison because belief creates your reality. And my guides say, we have to remember that this time-space reality is an illusion of your creation and what you believe you will experience to be true for, your, for you. And you might say, but there are many people that have died of liver cirrhosis and had adverse effects to things like smoking and alcohol. And I've asked them about that and they said, yes, well, if you continue to ingest toxins <laughs> at an, an accelerated rate, coupled with stress, that will be an accelerated way of getting sick, in fact, because there are many people that drink to alleviate stress thinking that the alcohol will alleviate their stress. But of course, as deliberate creators, we have to remember that there is no substance outside ourselves that has more power within ourselves than our own consciousness and how we flow our energy and how, how we think and how we feel. So we have to alleviate stress by doing the work, by looking at within, looking within and, and asking, why am I stressed? What am I believing to be true? Where is that coming from? Am I carrying somebody else's stress? Uh, is it, you know, stress I've created for myself? Is it past life stress? Is it future life stress? You know, we have to look at, have to look deeply at why we're stressing, why we're worrying, why we're believing our stressful thoughts and do the work. So, yeah, people who uh, experience a lot of stress will look to cigarettes or alcohol or drugs to alleviate their stress. And um, that will damage the body. You will die of liver cirrhosis or heart disease or other things. But it is the, it is the misalignment with the balance and the health of your body 
that creates dis-ease, disease, the misalignment with the energy that is source, which is pure positive energy, which balances all areas or aspects of the being both the physical and non-physical aspects of the being physical mental emotional spiritual aspects of the being so if we look out into this world and we see that you know we're ingesting poison all the time and we're not worrying too much about it how how is it that we can ingest poison and have no adverse effects our thoughts and our beliefs are more powerful than the poison so that's what they've said to me about what's going on in our world and they ask me to remember that any time we or me uh, think that there is this black and white like this is because it's happening in our world that it is that it is physical my daughter used to argue with me about this all the time I used to say you create your own reality and she's like I'm not creating it it just is because it is so when we think that something is because it is that it is it is infringing on me and my peace and my alignment we have to remember that we are the powerful ones that we are creating our own reality I am creating the way I feel I am creating or deciding what I'm believing to be true. And that is our power. It is the ultimate power that we have as humans, as spiritual beings, as physical beings, as beings in the cosmos, that we are creating our reality. And the ETs, you know, the higher dimensionals, the other dimensionals in all life forms understand this. They understand this to a degree we're just starting to entertain as humans. You know, there are many teachers out there like myself teaching deliberate creation, law of attraction, uh, the power of mind, consciousness, um, mindful thinking, meditation. You know, there's, there's lots, thousands, probably millions. But we're just starting to understand the power of how thought creates and belief, you know, strong thought creates in our world. And I remember speaking to, God, who was it? There's so many. Susie Hansen talks about the blue elevator in the ships, up on the ships, and she says you get into this blue light and then you think about where you want to go and the elevator takes you there. So you think about a part of the ship that you want to go, like thought is interacting with um, the physical world in a way where you're, you're being deliberate. I think there are games coming out like that where you're thinking and the games are hearing or they're looking at your eyeballs. Anyway, we're just starting to entertain this. And there was somebody else I interviewed, who was it too, that said that she was up on a ship and she saw these big sort of like uh, light pathways in the ship. I think it was an abduction or a contact experience. And she stepped on the light pathway and nothing was happening to her. And yet other beings on the ship were stepping on this light pathway and they'd step on it and then they'd be transported to another area of the ship. And she couldn't do it as a human. And then somebody, some being came along and said to her, oh, if you step on this light pathway, you have to think about where you want to go and then it'll take you there. And she goes, oh, I see. <laughs> so it's so fascinating how our thoughts create our reality. It's the same on planet earth think about where you want to go and life will take you there think about it don't think about what you don't want don't think about what you disagree with don't push against other people's beliefs we have free will in this world we're all 
allowed to, we're all, we all have available to us the freedom, the complete freedom to choose thought, to believe what we want to believe. And as you push against somebody else's belief, you don't hurt them. You don't interact with their, you know, interfere with their life. You interfere with your own because you lower your vibration and you create a like attracts light. You create a similar experience when you're pushing against saying, no, I don't want this. No, I don't want this. This isn't right. This isn't right. You shouldn't do that. People shouldn't do that. This is wrong. So what else do you disagree? You're just inviting more of what you disagree with into your life. That sounds all well and good, isn't it? But when you want to change the world, how do you not disagree with what you, with what you, um, how do you not look at what you disagree with in order to change it? Well, you can look at it for a period of time and then you can decide what it is that you want. For me personally, I want to see a world where people come into the remembrance of what it is to be a powerful, deliberate creators. And they don't, they no longer rely on drug companies for their health. So they rely on their own sense of responsibility and consciousness to live in a healthy way. That's what I want. So that's what I'm going to focus on rather than pushing against what I don't agree with. That's what I'm going to focus on. And that's how I'm going to live my life. And in fact, that is how I've lived my life. I didn't have my daughter. I didn't give her the shots when she was young. And for the most part, she was a really, really healthy little girl. And when she did get the childhood diseases like chicken pox and mumps, she had them so incidentally, like it was like she'd get one little mump, one little or two little sort of lesions on her body. And her demeanor didn't change. I remember her jumping up and down on the bed. She was red hot, flushed with disease. And she was so happy and joyful. She had a couple of little lesions on her torso. I can't remember if it was mumps or chicken pox. And I remember holding her as this toddler or young child jumping up and down on the bed thinking, wow, she's experiencing this disease, but she's experiencing it with a lot of joy. She's not suffering through it. And her immune system was creating antibodies and uh, very naturally. And that's the way she experienced many of the childhood diseases. She would get hot, fever, a couple of lesions would come. She'd sleep for a day or so. And within 24, 48 hours, it was all over. It was all over. And I marveled at the magnificence and the intelligence of the human body and how it knows exactly what to do. And I just want to trust, I want to trust the human body knows what to do. We've got to stop interfering with it and speak to it, and communicate with it and allow it to do what it needs to do. Dis-ease, Dis it's not a war. The way I say, I see current uh, allopathic practices is that medicine is at war with disease. I've got to fight this cancer. I've got to fight this disease. We've got to eradicate it. It's the war mentality that we have as humans. And as we evolve, we become peacemakers and we become intelligent and understand that things happen for a reason and we don't have to be at war with our bodies, with disease or with life. In fact, dis-ease is the way the body is communicating to us about imbalance 
Let's look at what created the imbalance and communicate with it and let it speak to us. Let, let that intelligence speak to us about what needs to change, what needs to shift, what we need to, rather than creating another substance to eradicate it and be at war with the problem. We're not at war. We've got to put down the arms and be at peace with our bodies, with this world. Yeah, I could say a lot about that. I get very passionate about that. I see that medicine has a long way to go in understanding what it is to be healthy and it needs to put down arms. It needs to stop being at war with disease. Uh, when we look at things like cancer and how we try and eradicate it, you know, I'm at war with this disease. I'm fighting it. I'm fighting. I'm up for the good fight, we say. Cancer is the way, uh, much cancer is the way that the body isolates the buildup of toxin in one area and it stops the communication from the rest of the body. And it's a brilliant way that the body is trying to balance where there is no balance. So there is a, there is a overload of stress, hormones, toxin from, it can be environmental toxin, but mostly it's from our mental toxic thoughts. I saw my mother kill herself with her toxic thoughts with when my father left her for a prettier younger model she was all already feeling fat and middle-aged and then dad leaves for this young supermodel like she was this young 20 something year old model and mum's self-esteem just plummeted and she hated her, herself and she hated him and she hated the, the supermodel she just hate killed her it took five years for hate to kill her I just saw that toxic emotion just bring on the cancer by the time they opened her up when she was in her late 40s she was riddled with cancer and the doctors just sort of stitched her up and said go home and you know get your business in order you're gonna die uh they just couldn't help her at that point you know they radiated her they chemotherapied her that didn't help it just made her sicker and all the hair fell out we have to stop being at war with disease you know the science of what is called epigenetics today is proving that even if you have a predisposition towards a certain disease, if you don't feed the frequency that will activate that disease, if you don't evoke the frequency, the stress, hormones, the vibration, that disease doesn't present in the body. And so we get to choose and create how we live healthily or not healthily according to our level of consciousness and how we think and feel. So I love that epigenetics is coming out with this scientific information at the moment, saying that even if you have a predisposition to cancer, and certainly I do because uh, every single person in my family died of cancer with no exception, all of them. There's not one person who died of an accident or a heart attack. They all died of cancer. Uh, I would most definitely have a predisposition to that disease. So it's up to me to keep a high vibe. And you want to keep a high vibe anyway. Why? Because it just feels good. Doesn't it feel better to love than to hate? Doesn't it feel better to agree than to disagree? Doesn't it feel better to create something wanted than to push against something, you know, things that you don't want? Think about it. Be selfish in your, selfish in your pursuit of feeling good. 
be selfish in your pursuit of feeling good and as you do and you evoke that vibration of high vibe and feeling good and feeling love and connection with all life and all that is and everyone's decision you are a powerful force unto this world your fight with the opposition with what you disagree with doesn't empower you and doesn't affect change as much as you think it does it doesn't so be selfish in your pursuit of feeling good. And even if you have a predisposition to heart failure or liver disease or blood problems or cancer or whatever it is that you think that you might get, you will not activate that because it needs to be a specific vibration that activates an experience, whether it's in your body or in your life. The same with the current condition on our planet. If you are not a vibrational match, to that frequency of that uh, substance, <laughs> then you can come in contact with it and that you won't have any adverse effects. I was um, talking to some friends yesterday, you know, in the conscious community, there's so much pushback against the current solution being rolled out that somebody said to me that they saw a hairdresser that had a sign in her window and said, if you have taken the um you know the, the the remedy on offer we will not serve you in this hairdressing salon and i'm like oh well that's stupid really isn't it because you're going to be walking down the street and there are going to be so many millions of people that have taken the remedy what are you going to do avoid the rest of the world so i had another friend online the other day who uh, shares my opinions about the uh, remedy on offer in that i'm not up for it I, I believe in the wisdom of my body and uh, the wisdom of the vibrational frequency that I evoke. But she was so worried about it because her parents have taken the remedy and she said, now they can't come and stay with me because she's worried about the adverse effects from it. And I'm like, well, that's just fear, isn't it? That's just more fear. Like the MSM, work that out, is perpetuating fear on a minute by minute basis. And that's just buying into more fear. Uh, is that what you're going to choose? My brother came to stay with me this weekend. He's had it. And did I worry about that? No, hugging him, loving him, kissing him. I'm not worried about it. He's got a different choice to me. I have my way of living. He has his way of living. We can all get along and love each other, right? This is what we can do. Don't be fearful. Stick to your guns about what you believe. Be in alignment with it. Be joyful. Be loving. Be at peace with other people's choices. And remember, you are powerful. You are a powerful creator of your reality. Choose well. Love you all, my friends. Speak again soon. Big love. Mm -hmm.